welcome, 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 everybody, to Weekly Roundup with Reiki. I'm so grateful for all of your support and everything that you keep doing for the Leon family. Love each and every one of you. And I want to share, to start us off, really, with project updates, to be honest. Our biggest exciting, uh, well, in to be personally very honest with you, I, I was blown away by um, the love that we received um, that me and Jenny put together the uh, the event that we had last week for our Medallion anniversary. The reason that was such a big milestone for all of us was in the NFT world, if a project enters like the one-year anniversary mark, that shows you the commitment of the project. I can show you projects that have raised 10 times of what we raised and they couldn't even survive for a month. And here we are with the amount of capital that we raised. You're all, you all know it. We've been very transparent from day one. Not only existing for a year, but also thriving. We have been growing and building and finding these partnerships and creating and moving forward with a roadmap, no matter what the treasury looks like. And that's what a successful project looks like. So we had we had Astrals, our partners in uh, the metaverse. We have a few metaverse partners, but Astrals were special yes, uh, last week because they, they made sure... Um, we did run into some technical difficulties with uh, the organized. Uh, we were supposed to have like a live concert with Wilkes, but we were gifted with some unreleased and very uh, unreleased alpha on the music side of things. I think there were uh, tracks that were played that the co-founder of Astrals um, produced alongside some really big names like Gucci Mane and Nelly. And I think there's one that was played with CeeLo Green. So if you missed out on that, I, I can't tell you. We were very grateful for the support. Everybody that was present there had a ton of fun. We had some people join us from Astrals. We had some people join us from other places. It was a blast. And to top it all off, um, Jeremy was the, one of the founders of Astros. He, he put in a Lamborghini inside the concert room. So if you ever want to experience a Metaverse concert and see what it looks like, um, make sure to give Astros a follow. They're on the XRP ledger. And yeah, uh, make sure to send them a thanks for organizing our one-year anniversary. To top it all off, after the concert was done, we headed back to Discord, where we were pleasantly surprised by Alex Antonio present on a video call uh, for the town hall to talk about the pr journey that has been the Medellin journey for all of us from the start till now, and what do we have to look forward to. So um, super grateful for us to be able to have that moment and um, super grateful for all the Leon family members for not only being there, but always being active and showing their support in this bear market. I know it's hard to show up every day with a smile, knowing the market isn't doing much, uh, but you keep learning, you keep growing. And that's the Leon way. Meta Leon is not just an NFT. It's, it's a way of life. We want it to be a value system that people live by and, it's all about transparency. It's all about believing in yourself. It's all about helping each other. It's all about doing research. It's all about knowledge. 
and we always want you to live like that. So um, we appreciate, I personally appreciate everybody that keeps supporting um, in any way possible. Um, so um, talking about uh, TCFX updates now, um, since that's the crowdfunding side of things. Um, they, Alex Antonio, have a meeting with their lawyer at LIAX, uh, the law firm that they're working with, and their compliance officer. Um, they are going to be discussing the next milestones for the SRO license and affiliation. We really need that license to be able to completely function the way we want to and be able to custody or custody the funds of uh, projects that raise funds through our platform. Um, so once that's done, we, uh, we're hoping about two to three months we'll get that license. But again, it's the government. We don't know. So once we get closer to uh, certain milestones with that, we'll be sharing updates with you. Next, we are waiting on Kind of Blue, which is uh, potentially going to be the first project that'll be raising funds through our platform. Uh, we're waiting on them uh, since they're currently on vacation in Switzerland. August is supposed to be, well, July and early August is like vacation time. Uh, it's their summers, I think. So they're kind of out of office right now. So they will be right after they get back um, in the next couple of weeks, they will be uh, ramping up getting the contracts move forward and the operations set up. So we should get super excited about that. So um, everything's looking good so far. Um, super excited for what's to come. We're going to jump right into market updates. So to start us off with market updates, the first thing I want to talk about is global regulations. Global regulations, I will be covering what's happening in the governments, what kind of rules are being passed, what are the politicians thinking, because as much as we want to ignore the politicians, they decide the future of our industry. And that's why I don't know if people want to cover this in mainstream media or YouTubers, I don't care. I want to make sure you guys always know what's happening. Um, I'll start us off with good news for today, um, and I'm, I'm really happy with this one. A pro-crypto bill was passed by a majority in the House Financial uh, Services uh, in the U.S. Uh, the bill is called Financial Innovation and Technology for the 21st Century Act. And now the bill will be moved to the Senate. And if it passes in the Senate, it will go to the president of the United States desk to be signed. Uh, again, the president does hold the right to veto the bill. But I know, I just know that crypto is such an important topic for people that the president might not want to veto it. Uh, because it's all about popularity. If you do something that people don't like, they're not going to vote for you. And politicians care nothing more. They don't care about anything more than being popular because that's how they remain in power. So we'll see. But this is good stuff. I'm super happy um, that this bill has passed. It is supposed to be the biggest, biggest win in the White... Well, not the White House, but the, in Congress so far. Um, the next one was a... It was a long-awaited stablecoin bill because stablecoin regulation is also very important. Um, the bill, 
the committee tried to push for the bill. Everything was going pretty good. But then suddenly the White House intervened and all the negotiations stopped. So the chair of the committee came out and said that he was very happy with the progress they were making. It was a bipartisan, so Democrats and Republicans were working on it together. But then White House came in and, and stopped this bill, which makes me wonder what do, what do they not like about stablecoin regulation? Why is the government fighting uh, this regulation. So I, I am lost for words. So we'll see this regulation might come back and be changed a little bit. But for now, um, this stablecoin bill is not going to move forward. Um, the next important bill that was passed in the House was a bill that allows American citizens to self custody their digital assets as the right to hold property. A lot of Democrats were against it. I am not political. You know me. I only share the facts. But um, even with the opposition for certain Democrats, uh, this bill was passed with a majority from the House. This bill would, again, go through the same thing. It'll go to the Senate where it'll get voted on again, and then it will go to the president. So good stuff overall uh, in the United States. Uh, next, we're going to go to Singapore, where the High Court of Singapore has declared crypto a personal property and they also compared it to fiat money so cash uh, the judge did not see any difference between crypto fiat money or shells as long as all those objects physical or not share value created by mutual faith in them so it's like the judge kind of declared crypto like money but also property which is really cool so uh, exciting global regulation stuff happening for crypto, which will eventually affect the overall market. Because the thing is, all these big funds, the family offices and retirement funds, they don't, they don't touch crypto right now because there's no regulations. And once the regulations come, they will be pouring money into this industry and definitely we'll see a bull market. That's, that's common sense. So that's why I share all these updates with you to show you that things are happening behind the scenes. We don't see them right now, but because most of the people are always focused on the price, I am focused on the reason why the price would move. Um, so we're well prepared in advance and not taken by surprise when things happen. Next up, we're going to move up to a quick update on Ethereum. Um, this week, Ethereum celebrates its eighth birthday. So Ethereum is an eight-year-old eight-year-old child now, which is super cute. Uh, but I saw a tweet that said $400 billion in secured value, $3.6 billion in annualized profits, and a total of $17.8 8 million blocks of uncensorable digital property. Not bad for an eight-year-old. I will definitely say that. From the day Ethereum was put out as an idea by Vitalik Buterin to today, Ethereum has matured from a proof of concept to almost an enterprise-ready, a global adoption-ready software. And this blockchain continues to evolve Research continues to happen on different things that will scale the blockchain, make it more secure, make it more available, everything. So super excited for what the next few years have, have in store for Ethereum. 
Uh, next, we're going to talk about technology and adoption because that's something we definitely need to focus on if we want to see where the industry is going. Uh, first of all, some bad news. Curve Finance, which is one of the largest DeFi, um, DeFi applications on Ethereum, which secures about $1.2 billion in, in volume, uh, well, not volume, it has $1.2 billion in locked up assets. They faced a hack of about $62 million. And the hack did not happen because they had a faulty smart contract. And smart contracts are what run these different applications on Ethereum. So you can code Ethereum blockchain, you can code the money. So everybody assumed that there was a flaw in Curve Finance. But as you know, Curve Finance has been audited multiple times. There were no vulnerabilities. The vulnerability lied in a third-party library. So sometimes software developers use libraries that other people create to develop their software faster so that they don't invent the wheel again. So they can use something someone else built. Problem was Viper, the third-party library that was used um, to convert the code from Python to the Ethereum language, it had a vulnerability. And this doesn't only affect Curve, it affects 45 other smart contracts utilized by about 12 different other applications. So Viper is working very diligently to find uh, a solution for this vulnerability. Um, good news for this hack though, so far about $5.2 million has already been returned because a, a good hacker, so there's there's, there's a black hat hacker, which is a bad hacker, and there's a white hat hacker who are good hackers. They hack because they want to fix something. So they they hack something and tell, um, tell the founders or whoever that, hey, I found this exploit. You might want to fix this. So for that return, they'll get some prize money or something like that. It's called bug bounty. So if you find a bug and you fix it, you get money from the founders. So they, uh, the white hat hacker took $5.2 million from the account of the hacker and gave it back to Curve. Um, they couldn't catch the rest of it. They front ran their transaction on Ethereum. That's how they caught it. But rest of it is still with the hacker. So we'll see if the hacker wants to do something about it. Um, didn't affect the market too much, which is a good sign because if something like this would happen about five years ago, Ethereum would go crashing. So that shows maturity. Uh, but again, it's never good. Um, that things like this happen. So I think we need to ask for more and more auditing of smart contracts, no matter what piece of code it is or if it's a third party. Next up, we have some interesting news around a new token and a new blockchain that is coming out called the WorldCoin. And the WorldCoin is envisioned to be the global ID system and a potential universal basic income system. This went live last week. It records your retina biometric information with a with an orb. You need to go into a physical location. It's an orb-looking thing that scans your eyes, and it makes you feel like you're in like you're in the latest season of Black Mirror. If you watch that on Netflix, you'll know what I mean. Um, it looks really dark, really shady, and I. It makes me even more cringy because this thing this uh, world coin the founder of this is the person who created OpenAI, the the company that built chat gpt 
So I'm a little skeptical about this blockchain. If you if you try to scan your eyes for this blockchain, I just I don't know. I would personally advise not to do it. It looks to me like it's a control system, much like the government. I would I would avoid it, even if they give you some free tokens. It's not worth your identity. Um, because once they record it, they have it. They're just gonna link everything to it, and you just uh, yeah. I I don't want to talk about it much. I read about it and I was feeling really icky. I just don't like it. Um, but we'll see how this evolves and whether they do something good with it. Next up, uh, Ripple, the fintech company that uses the XRP ledger based out of the US, they did a market research report. And the report says that financial institutions could save about 10 billion by 2030 by using blockchain technology. Among the 300 finance professionals surveyed around 45 countries, 97, 97 of them believe that blockchain will play a crucial role in faster payment system within the next three years. So that's kind of a huge deal. So. Um, next, we have some CBDC news, some central bank digital currency. Um, we haven't talked about South Korea too much in the CBDC era, but here we are. South Korea is piloting. It, as you know, pilots are right, right around the proof of concept experimental stage where they try to see the feasibility of a technology before they start rolling it out for actual usage. So South Korea is hosting a pilot program for its CBDC in one in three of its cities and not Seoul, Seoul, which is their main city. Uh, South Korea pushes forward with its CBDC pilot. They're targeting potential testing in these regions. They are going to be issuing and distributing their digital currency in these areas and partnering with local vendors to allow for the usage. So see how it scales and what the benefits are. So um, good for South Korea for getting on the CBDC bandwagon. I'm yet to see a good CBDC pilot yet in terms of not trying to control people. So we'll, we'll see how this works. Next up, I have some wholesome news, the last two pieces of news. And I love wholesome news because it shows you the impact that blockchain technology is having in the world where it's needed the most. So blockchain technology is letting East African farmers sell their products globally for the first time in the history of business. The reason they say they're able to do that is blockchains are letting them allow for tracking and providing proof that um, there's certain, so, so I'll explain this real quick. So to be able to sell your products, if you're a farmer from any country, if you want to sell your products on the global market, you need to certify a few things like you didn't use certain bad pesticides or you didn't use child labor or you didn't do it with the wrong uh, practices. So there's, there's no way to, for a small farmer, to be able to afford all those auditing firms, right? But blockchains are helping some farmers in East Africa to be able to record these things in a very, very cheap, very cheap way. 
And combined with drone technology and advanced imaging, they're now able to certify that definitely they meet all those needs and they're able to sell their products on the global market, thus making a little more profit than they would selling it locally. So I'm proud of this technology. I'm proud of being part of this industry because it's actually changing lives. And sometimes we're so busy, focused on our perspective, whether we're living in America or some other privileged country, that we never think about how a technology could be affecting someone else other than the price going up or down. Maybe they don't care about the price. Maybe this technology that is blockchain can actually be helpful for someone that's trying to change their lives by doing what they do. So very excited about this. Uh, next up to wrap things up, we have two pieces of news from the metaverse and the NFT area. Talking about the metaverse, the sandbox, which is one of the biggest metaverses on the Ethereum chain, and I think globally as well. They have partnered with the British Museum, which is a huge deal. Um, and they are going to bring art and history to the metaverse. The partnership between Sandbox and the British Museum um, intends to make artif artifacts in the museum collection more accessible to people and build some metaverse experiences for the younger generation and families alike. So if you have a VR set, even if you don't, you will potentially be able to uh, experience this British Museum metaverse pretty soon. Uh, to round us off, I have some cool NFT technology adoption. Toyota GR, Toyota GR Cup, which is a North American racing series held by Toyota Gazo Racing, recently announced that it would start awarding digital trophies and also record driver performances on the Polygon chain. So that is a huge deal, guys, a huge, huge deal. Imagine all the all car racing arenas doing this all over the world, giving NFTs to the winners. Physical trophies are cool. They're nice. But we all know that one day the trophies just vanish, right? Like they can get destroyed, get corroded, whatever. Uh, but your NFTs, they're going to live forever. So this is a huge deal and a huge partnership for Polygon as well. Polygon keeps kicking butt. Like um, the Starbucks program is doing crazy. Everybody's loving the new Odyssey program for Starbucks that are Starbucks goers. The, the NFT, they don't even know they're using NFTs. They just know it's a reward program and they get these nice looking shiny trophies in their phone. They don't know these are actual NFTs on the Polygon blockchain that they can, they can trade with other people. So now there's a secondary market for Starbucks reward points. How crazy is that? Tokenization, guys, I'm telling you, we are ahead of the game. Medallion Society keeps doing this. We're grateful for your support. We, we are seeing this happen every day. Tokenization is the future. Everybody's doing it, all the big companies, and we're right there with them. I am super grateful for the love and support that I continue to receive for this podcast. I am so lucky that this is going so strong and we're going to continue to bring you market and project updates weekly. And I want to wish you all a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, evening, and I love you all. And I am going to see you all next week.